Hello, everyone. Joining me on the podcast today is Matthew Murphy from Adeption. Matthew is a Babson alum, and he has taken time out today to join me on the podcast. Matt, thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, thanks, Deepak. Great to be here. Looking forward to it. How have you been? I've been. I hope you and your family have been safe during these times. Yes, yes, we're doing well. Thanks, um, and uh, even managing to uh, to to find our way out of the city of Boston for the weekend. So, uh, but they're still remaining safe. Yeah, good to hear. So, Matt, um, I've started the podcast to kind of shine a light on interesting jobs and professions, and you know, I think I think what adoption is doing is very very interesting and like the, like you know the podcast is called so what exactly do you do i'm trying to basically simplify titles and jobs so i'm going to start off with that matt uh matt what exactly do you do it's this is a a, a tough question i think to answer <laughs> um because i i find myself doing a lot but um right or wrong um so i'll try to go through a little bit of uh both what adeption is doing um, without going too too far into the weeds but then explain what what is um, someone who leads customer success what does that mean for an organization so um, at adeption we're in the leadership development space um, so we work with a lot of corporate clients and, and partners in that space to um, help people get better essentially at their jobs and, and specifically within uh, leadership so how do we develop key skills and capabilities, expand their capacity to take on, to take on more um, challenges and lead in complex environments? My role is customer success. That is, um, at Adeption, the way I define it is I am involved in everything that, in, that uh, the customer sees. So um, that's from the sales point, you know, kind of joining in and, and helping with the sales process, whether that's demoing the platform um, or answering questions about how we service clients, um, to once they become a client and sign a contract with us, um, helping them with that transition. So onboarding and uh, consulting on what the experience will be like for the leaders that go, go onto our, our platform. Um, so I get into a little bit of, of design uh, as well. And then once they, they launch and we have their employees on our platform, my role is to make sure that they have a delightful experience and most importantly, that they're developing and, and improving. Um, so there's a, a, a bit of kind of the day-to-day -day, uh, service side of things, making sure that they're having, the leaders are doing well, but then also, um, uh, managing that full kind of client relationship and hoping that not only do they have a great experience, but then they want to expand and add more leaders to the platform. So just building off of that, like you said, your day-to-day -day experience, what does a typical workday look like for you? So how does this start? What are the first few steps that you take? Because one thing that we've seen in common for a lot of people that have come on this podcast is, you know, you like, they like starting the day by reading the news by seeing what's relevant in their industry, what's been happening around the world, how that's going to impact them. So I'm just trying to better understand how you start your day. Right. So not, so not necessarily the work day, but just the day in general. Uh, 
kind of all the things that come in, which I think is, is right, because as we see in leadership now, and especially with the pandemic, is that um, there's not really a separation of work and home. Yeah. Right now, that line um, is kind of blurred. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And and honestly, the trend had been going that way anyways, um, with kind of just more global companies, um, more flexibility in the workplace. Um, and honestly, uh, we in the leadership space see that how you um, how, how things are going in your home life impacts how things how you show up to work yep. and vice versa. How things are going at work impact how you show up at home. And so there is something about kind of um, being able to be your full self um, in, in both in both realms. Um, so I guess when I go back to kind of how I start my day, um, typically, so I have um, a family. I'm married with with two little girls, um, five and and almost three, and so um, that is usually how my day uh, starts. Uh, occasionally, I can. Uh, I can get up before they do, but they're usually the, the trigger to start the day. Um, and I am the, the cook in the house, so I'm usually making breakfast uh, for the girls and, and getting them up and running. Um, and then I usually like to start my day with a workout as well. So just, you know, whether that's a run or doing now kind of a streaming uh, boot camp type classes, that, that's kind yeah. of my go-to. Um, so once I've kind of got the family uh, set and, and kind of spent some time on my health, um, then I'll, I'll kick off my day. And um, uh, there's, I have a team and we have Adaptions Global, we're globally dispersed. And so um, often I'll speak to our team in India um, in the morning mm -hmm. um, to check in with them. Um, I have a person on the customer success team there to kind of see what's been happening since I've been sleeping, you know, um, how are things going? And if there's anything I need to know to, to carry on through the day. And also our, our development team is in India. So um, I'll check for any updates on how current sprints are going or any kind of bugs or issues that, that need immediate, immediate um, support for our clients. Do you, do you see any benefits from this current situation of working from home? Because for some people it has been very good because they do get to spend more time with the family. But then there are some people who prefer to keep those two aspects of their life completely different. And while it is a bit difficult, like you said, what happens at home does impact work, what happens at work does impact home. Traditionally, it has been two different areas, right? The model has always been, you go to office, you work, you come home, forget about work, spend time with family. So again, you know, there, there, there are two ways to look at this. Some people are happy with the current situation, but some of them are just like, oh, it's they think it's affecting their productivity. For you personally, how has it been? How, do, you, do, do you think if things get back to normal and you, you end up going back to, you know, uh, to an office, is that, is that something you're looking forward to or are you just saying, okay, let's just see what happens? Yeah, I think I'm in a little bit of a unique situation in that we were able to have childcare throughout, mm -hmm. um, even though our oldest was home from school and, um, uh, but we have a nanny for the youngest. And so we were able to keep her around um, to take on both kids. So that allowed allowed me to have the freedom to focus, uh, have focused time for work. Um, but that hasn't necessarily, you know, that that does ebb and flow. And so um, I guess my, my thought there is that um, 
it's, yes, it has allowed folks to spend more time with family. Others, they've been able to do more work because they're not commuting anymore. And so, you know, there's more time back in the day. But um, the one thing I have learned is that it is, for me, it's impossible to do both at the same time. So it's not possible to take a call and keep an eye on the kids. And, and yeah. you're, you're, you're shortchanging both, both people, both your, your work um, responsibilities as well as, as your home responsibilities. So I think it's important to, to really separate that time. Um, and um, yeah, just, just be able to be fully focused on, on one area um, when, when you're in it. I think what has changed with this is that the work day is kind of like a 24 hour thing, right? And so yeah. is the home life. And so it's a matter of, you're now kind of chunking out your day um, as opposed to doing nine to five. That makes sense. A lot of people I've spoken to have, have brought up the point that you just said, right? That you just mentioned about not being able to give, I guess, undivided attention to the task on hand. Because for a lot of them, you know, you're at home and then the kids have school going on online <laughs> and it's just, it's just a mess. But I think everyone is trying to make the best of the current situation and um, it is what it is, right? This is where we are right now. So yeah, it's all I think, about I think just the last, the last piece, of, yeah, the last piece I'd add to that is that um, uh, it's allowed, I think, and speaking to our clients as well, um, it's brought a sense of like humanity to the role. And in the leadership space, um, there, um, we often are, are coaching or helping our clients coach their people to be their authentic selves at work. And that means being a bit vulnerable. Um, and when you have kids busting through the door in the middle of a call, um, it makes you more human and more relatable to your team. Um, and so what, what we've seen is that there is a bit of, um, it kind of levels the playing field and allows for perhaps a little more um, comfort or psychological safety amongst a team to see their leader um, be human. And the leader may not always now feel like they have to be the authority on a matter. They can discuss it as a team and, and really kind of um, collaborate a bit more. I didn't thought of it that way. That's actually a pretty good insight. So, so Matt, I'd like to know a little bit more about um, adaption and what makes it different from its competitors. Is there something you could specify that, that we should know about adaption especially? Sure, sure. So um, the thing that makes adaption different um, is our focus on getting people to actually take action on the job. Um, so if you think about traditional learning uh, or training, especially online training, most people think e-learning modules, um, I answer some questions, I maybe watch some videos, um, I take a quiz at the end and I get a certificate for completion and that's great, <laughs> now I move on and I go back to doing what I need to do. But yeah. um, in, in our case, our focus is, well, um, people don't change through quizzes, people change through taking action and we, look, we take a behavior change approach to leadership. So it's really no different than people who are trying to learn um, an instrument or even people trying to get fit. Um, it's not, you can't just watch a video and get fit. You know, yeah. you have to, you can pull some inspiration from that video, 
but then you need to actually take a step forward or yeah, yeah participate. Um, and so that is the approach that we take and, and leadership we feel is really no different. It is something that you can grow and build on. Um, but it takes, it takes work. And so that is really the different, uh, the difference of, of our app. It's, um, it's more like a, like a Fitbit or a, a, a coach in your pocket, as we say, um, something that's going to guide you through that process versus, um, just some, you know, just kind of, a like here's some content or, or here's something to inspire you. But on that topic, like you said, like you want people to start getting inspired and actually actively participate, right? Not just check some boxes and be like, okay, I, I did this. No, knowledge has always been available. There's always been, for those looking for it, it's, it's always been available. How do you, is there anything you do in particular that encourages people to interact with adoption, to use adoption? So like you said, it is all about engaging with, with the platform, with the app. Is there, is there anything that makes people keep coming back? Like results or like you have, is it shaped in a way where they want to come back and be like, let me finish this? Yeah, yeah, there's, there's um, the, one of our challenges is that it is hard, you know? Um, yeah. And so the ways that we, and I'll use the, the, the health analogy again. Um, some of the things that, that work well to get people motivated or healthy are um, not going through it alone. So um, you can have a workout buddy. Um, and so we put things like that into, into place. And, and again, I'll, I'll use the analogy. So um, uh, I'm more likely to, so I can set an alarm at 6 a.m. to go for a run tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I put my shoes by the bed, um, I'm probably a little bit more likely to, to look, wake up, look at the shoes and maybe go. So we try to have a little, yeah. little um, nudges along the way or, or cues, right? To start to build this habit. What's even better though, is if I have called my friend Deepak and I said, hey, come by my house at 6 a.m. and ring my doorbell, we'll go running together. Yeah. And if you come and ring the doorbell, I'm going to get up and we're gonna go for a run, right? Because yeah. I've now told somebody else and uh, we're more likely to do something when we're, um, when we're, we're held accountable by another human versus a technology. So we're really, focus on making sure there's still a human aspect, even though we think our technology is great. And, and that's mutually beneficial, right? I think everyone looks out for each other, everyone improves together, and that just makes them more willing. It's every, Everyone would do something again if it shows results the first time, right? And I, I think you're completely right with what you just said, that that's a very, very good approach to, to this issue. And, and just, just I'll add it, I'll bring it to the leadership side of things and for an yeah. organization, um, leadership is not necessarily something that you can, um, it's not the same for everyone, you know? It's not, um, you know, do, do A and then get B. Um, oftentimes you're dealing with people and it's complex situations. So there may be some rules of thumb that you can follow and that's what we can share with people. But then you have to go and experience it for yourself. And so what, that's what we encourage people to do, but then share that out with their peers in the organization. So from an organizational standpoint, we start to capture some really interesting data on what people are doing and what's working in current situations. 
And how do you create awareness for the brand? How, how do people hear about adoption? So, I mean, at least now some people are going to hear about it on the podcast. <laughs> but, but generally, how do, you, how, do you, how do you get new clients? How do you get people who, how do you target people for, uh, for your platform? Yeah, I think this is, um, this is a huge opportunity for us. Um, and so first thing that I do is I hire a great MBA intern to do some work for me <laughs> to, to research the space. So, you know, subtle plug for you, Deepak. Um, but uh, no, I think this is a huge opportunity for us because um, I think we could do a better job of marketing ourselves. But with that said, what, what we've seen, seen work well for us, but also in the industry is aligning yourselves with thought leaders or partners in this space. So if you're talking to some of our, our clients, um, a lot of them are, you know, really active and kind of seeing what the industry trends are, looking to see what uh, the thought leaders in the space are saying. So whether that's Simon Sinek or Brene Brown or something, right? You know, like trying to, to read and watch and just consume a lot of this. Um, what is the next the next thing to help our leaders? So, um, so what we do is... Um, partner with some of those leaders. We've been written into certain white papers. Um, that helps bring some traffic our way. Um, and then it's really, you know, as we're building our network, we get a lot of referrals in from there. And since you brought up industry, for someone who's not very plugged into this industry, could you share how, how, how big is this industry? Like how big is it and how has COVID impacted it. Like one would think this would be a great opportunity for you now with everyone working from home and people going online. But just, just in terms of, I guess, size and growth of the industry, are there any numbers you could share? Sure, sure. So um, leadership and there was last year, I believe it was 2019. This could be a 2018 stat, but mm -hmm. regardless, it's, it gives us good context. There were 17 billion spent in the US on leadership development. So um, it's one of those things where if you ask organizations, do you care about the development of your leaders? They'll 100% say yes. Mm -hmm. um, it, but when you look at what they're doing and who they're spending their money with, it's completely fragmented. Um, the largest player in the space, I think, has about 2% of the market. Oh, well. So, I mean, I <laughs> yeah. mean, but if you think about it too, it's like, uh, you know, there, there are apps, there are, um, you know, uh, HR systems like learning management, traditional learning management systems. There are companies that do great job in like the compliance space. Um, and then there's coaching, uh, lots of coaching and um, lots of exec coaches. And an, an exec, when they get their coach, they really like to keep their coach. And so it's kind of this one-to-one -one relationship. So it's just a very fragmented, um, fragmented market. And also, you know, being, being from Babson, how, how has that helped you in your current role? Is there something in hindsight you think that you learned from Babson or you wish you had done differently at Babson, while at Babson? Because most of the people hearing this will be people from my cohort, right, from my class. And yeah, it's yeah. always interesting getting the viewpoints of people who studied at Babson before and where they are in life now, and to see if there's something we can learn from you right now, something we could do differently. 
So the, the cool thing about Adeption is that it's a Babson company. Um, so the, our founder, um, Carl Sanders Edwards is um, an MBA alum and I think class of 2012, if I'm not mistaken, could be 11. Um, and he was a valedictorian. He, he's, he's, he was a star uh, there um, and is still a star. But um, I met Carl in an entrepreneurship class on the Babson campus. Um, he was a full-time student. I was an evening student. And uh, he had this leadership development company in New Zealand, mm -hmm. which he was trying to scale because it was all in person. Um, and so how could we scale and reach more, more people? Um, so I linked up with him and we worked on the project. I share all of that because um, that was eight or nine years ago um, that we did that. And so my, my advice to, to Babson students is, and, and other students, but of course my love for Babson um, is just connect with, with as many people um, as you can while, the, while you're there. The, the network is, um, is part of the, the, the power. Um, that comes with it. Um, I learned, I've learned so much from Carl as well as other folks. We actually, one of our cl um, classmates um, is the director of our India operations as well, right? So now you have like three Babson alums that have, that have come into this organization. Um, Darshan is, is, is uh, Darshan Doshi is the, the mm -hmm. India director. And so he and Carl worked together immediately after Babson. I went back to, you know, I was working during the day and going to school at night. I went back to, to my job, but just stayed in touch with them. And so it wasn't until, you know, six or seven years later that I joined full time. I was doing kind of side work for them. But um, so you just never know when, when it's going to happen, you know, when, yeah. when your Babson connections will kind of uh, lead to maybe, um, for me, at least the, the, the best work I've done in, in my, my career so far. Um, and it, and it feels like it just gets better and better. So, um, that's, that's at least one, one piece of advice, uh, I think that's for some students. It's, uh, it's, it's been a recurring theme from a lot of, from what I've heard from a lot of people is, you know, you can do an MBA in any college, the course material is pretty much the same, but what sets Babson apart is, is a networking is a kind of students that they bring in because a lot of. The students are you know, international students. They come from very diverse backgrounds, and for everyone to be in the same place, sharing the experiences, it's um, it's a very unique opportunity. And like you said, you never know. You might you keep in touch. There might be something mutually beneficial that you can collaborate on later. So, yeah, I think I think that's yeah. that's great advice. Yeah, I guess I guess one thing I'd I'd build on that too is that kind of entrepreneurial thought and action. So we have that yes. built into our platform, right? Where we want people yeah. to have these experiences to try something new and just take a step forward and learn something that nobody else knows, you know. Um, and I think that that was the other thing that from my Babson experience that I I think I've kind of almost forgotten about or maybe taken for granted is that um, I I tried. I tried to start my own business while I was there. I, um, I consulted for a couple companies through the McPhee and BCAP yeah. programs. Um, I did an independent study that was actually for, uh, adaption. Um, and I tried all these experiences, you know, in industries that I had no background in. 
Um, and I think that's one of the things that Babson does is, is it gives you the opportunity to, to explore and stretch yourself, um, but you have to go and go ahead and do that. And this is, this is the time to, to do it. I mean, in our kind of COVID environment too, um, you need people who can be adaptable and change. And, um, you know, that's, that's something that we're helping current clients adjust to and and they're saying I th we think we need to go digital now and so it's like you know um having had that experience now i can help share that 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 gift with with others as well so i'd say that that's my other piece of advice perfect matt thank you so much for being on this podcast today it was really great hearing about your insights and experiences and you know for you to, to just talk about babson it's it's very relevant to us right now <laughs> As, as we're in the situation and trying to figure out what to do, it's, it's really good to hear your words of encouragement. And to everyone listening to this podcast, please do check out Adaption. I'm going to attach a few links on in the description. So if you haven't downloaded, use it. And, you know, feel free to share any feedback with, uh, with me. Matt, thank you so much. Yeah, Deepak, thanks so much for the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Stay in touch.